Well, praise the Lord. Amen. So glad you're here today. We had a hundred and something people Friday night, so those of you that missed it, I apologize. Uh, actually, it was a meeting right before ours with uh, graduation for preschool from a school that holds uh, it every year. And uh, here, you, you, they graduate from preschool now to go to kindergarten. And the sign says, kindergarten, watch out. Here we come. It's like, are you serious? I had to go to school for 12 years to get my graduation. I, I told a kid the other day, I said, you know, I never went to pre uh, to kindergarten. He goes, what? You didn't go to kindergarten? I said, no. Yeah. What? Well, I did go two days, I think. You know, it was, <laughs> oh, how things have changed, praise God. Yeah. And I'm sure yeah. there's some good changes out there. Because I know there's some other ones. But the thing about it is, the Lord doesn't change. I am the Lord. I change not. He is the one we can count on. Yep. He is the one that's always sufficient. Yep. He is the one that's always the same. Praise God. No matter what. No matter what. Praise God. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, those of you that got to attend uh, the meetings this last week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I know you had a good time. Uh, yeah. We certainly did that made it. And um, that's not the reason that we're here, in here, by the way, for the graduation from the preschool. We're here to, because everybody this morning, we're going to have a basket a little bit and it has numbers on it. And so you just reach in there and draw a number. And if it says like six, for instance, that means you need to be responsible to fill six seats next week. So everybody's going to have a number. And uh, there's only one in there that's, that's double digits. So we try to make it easy for everybody, but we want to make sure that we get, well, oh, I'm just blowing smoke. I'm having fun, though. <laughs> but it is an idea. Every chair there needs a hiney in it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So get the vision. This is better than writing it on the wall, man. We're, we're planting it on the ground here. So uh, we'll be back in the little auditorium next week, but only for temporary measures. Every person in every chair counts, just like every one of you count today. You're precious to the sight of the Lord, and he loves you, cares for you, and he is building you and building tomorrow into a people one and only tomorrow that is always today. Yeah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Uh, just to kind of give you a few little quick announcements here. Uh, we're starting back uh, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, with the Awe of God book. And so if you need a book, we have some, a few available. Just see Pastor Kelly, and he'll take care of that for you, or see myself and uh, we do have a reading assignment for you before Wednesday, so we want to make sure you have an opportunity to catch up on that. That is a wonderful book. I have sent it to several pastor friends of mine, and they call me back and they say, that's really a great book. So, you know, it's, it's one of those kind, and uh, if you'll read it, it'll read you back. Praise God. And then uh, coming up in the next several weeks, just to kind of give you a rundown, uh, world-renowned prophet and teacher, uh, Pastor Kelly Hancock, will be sharing next week. All right. 
I will be in a, the state that's always below Oklahoma called Texas. <laughs> Just look at it in any map. That's what I tell them. Oklahoma's always on top of you. Praise God. Look at the map. That's objective truth. Um, with uh, North Elevation Church in Mansfield, Texas, which is in the DFW area. And it's a church that I have the pleasure of serving on the board and longtime friends, Corey and Rochelle Smithy. Some of you should remember them. They've been here and preached before, and uh, they'll be back again. So we've had a real tight relationship for, my goodness, like in two years of being 40 years. Oh, praise the Lord for that. We're going to be sharing um, in the month to come several messages just to let you know. Um, one of them is called Back to the Future. Okay? And then we're going to do a short series on where is the power? Where is the power? So I know those are going to be things that you'll, you'll want to make sure you come and bring somebody with you. Grab somebody off the street if you need to. Just get somebody here. Praise God. So, uh, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. And we'll, we'll do, a, it may be next month before we get part four of uh, Is Healing for Today, but we're, we're not through with that series. We'll do that continually. Father, in the name of Jesus, we praise you for this day that you've given us to glorify you, to praise you, to honor you, and to hear from you. We lean upon you, Father. Would you whisper, Holy Spirit, in our ears so that we are able to see the good, the well-pleasing, the perfect will of God and grow into that as you have purposed that we should. It's in the name of Jesus that we thank you and praise you. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, this message is even the atheists believe this. Even the atheists believe this. We're going to talk about what I think, personally, is the biggest attack that the church in America has ever had and that the United States has ever had. I don't believe I'm over-saying it. I'll let you be the judge, but it's, um, it's really got some, some roots that we need to pull out of the ground. Yes, yes. Um, we're going to talk about this issue. We'll talk about what God has to say about it. Uh, I will share where tomorrow we'll draw the line on it. And each of you needs to decide in your own heart where you'll draw the line in your life on it. I, I believe that the vast majority of people hearing this, whether they be in this building or they be uh, on the internet looking at us on online or our, from our website, that they'll agree uh, with this position that we're taking without batting an eyelash. Um, if, we want, if you're watching on video, we want to challenge you to show yourself approved workman rightly dividing the Word of God. So get into the Word, but get into science. Get into any aspect of any sensibility that you possibly can if you need to, to stir up some, um, turn some rocks over. I encourage you to make a decision, each person, and make it a clear and defining decision. I want to read a little bit from a book by Francis Schaeffer uh, that he wrote. Some of you will remember him. He's in glory land right now, enjoying it. 
<laughs> which is all you can do in heaven, right? <laughs> but I, I want to read a, a, a couple of three pages. Uh, chapter one in the book, uh, The Christian Manifesto. You know, the communists have a manifesto, so shouldn't the Christians? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, chapter one, The Abolition of Truth and Morality. The basic problem of the Christians in this country in the last 80 years or so in regard to society and in regard to government is that they have seen things in bits and pieces instead of totals. They have very gradually become disturbed over permissiveness, pornography, the public schools, the breakdown of the family, and finally abortion. But they have not seen this as a totality, each thing being a part, a symptom of a much larger problem. They have failed to see that if all of this has come about due to a shift in worldview, that is through a fundamental change in the overall way people think and view the world and life as a whole. This shift has been away from a worldview, it has been away from a worldview that was at least vaguely Christian in people's memory even though they were not individually Christian, towards something completely different. Toward a worldview based upon the idea that the final reality is impersonal matter or energy shaped into its present form by impersonal chance. They have not seen that this worldview has taken the place of the one that had previously dominated Northern European culture, including the United States, which was at least Christian in memory, even if the individuals were not individually Christian. These two worldviews stand as totals in complete antithesis to each other in content and also in their natural results, including sociological and governmental results and specifically including the law. It is not that these two worldviews are different only in how they understand the truth of reality and existence. They also inevitably produce totally different results. The operative word here is inevitability. It is not just that they happen to bring forth different results, but it is absolutely inevitable that they will bring forth different results. We have the Christians, excuse me, why have the Christians been so slow to understand this? There are various reasons, but the central one is a defective view of Christianity. This has its roots in the Pietist movement under the leadership of P.J. Spencer in the 17th century. Pietism began as a healthy protest against formalism and too abstract Christianity, but it had a deficit, platonic spirituality. It was platonic in the sense that pietism made a sharp division between the spiritual and the natural world, giving little or no importance to the material world. The total of human existence was not afforded a proper place. In particular, it neglected the intellectual dimension of Christianity. Christianity and spirituality were shut up into a small, isolated part of life. The totality of reality was ignored by the pietistic thinking. Let me quickly say that in one sense, Christians 
should be pietist in that Christians, Christianity is not just a set of doctrines, even the right doctrines. Every doctrine is in some way to have an effect upon our lives. But the poor side of pietism and resulting in platonic overlook has really been a tragedy, not only in many people's individual lives, but in our total culture. True spirituality covers all of reality. Now, if you're an atheist and listening, you saw my title, you'll know that right now that sounds like it's different. Yeah, there's a lot of difference between atheism and Christianity. Make no mistake, there is. I said, make no mistake, there is. But there's one thing we agree on. How many of you have ever heard of Francis Schaeffer? Okay. Just curious. Remember he said it started in the 17th century, but he also said especially the last 80 years. Right? Yes. This is written 40 years ago. Yeah. 40 years ago. Exact, you'll be exact 42 years ago. It was printed, written 43 years ago. <laughs> Add that plus the 80. The enemy is sly like a mm. snake. Yes, he is. And he slides things in here a little, there a little. He read the Bible. He knows it. <clears throat> yep. Okay. And the Bible says, little by little, uh, precept by precept, line upon line, it's established. And that's what he's been doing in our culture. And it's the, the cultural responsibility comes from the church. So I, I don't know about your particular background or anything and when you were small and young and, you know, 10 years old or so. That goes back a little ways for some of us, doesn't it, Byron? Yeah, like... Uh, Last millennium, <laughs> okay. But I remember singing Owner Christian Soldiers in school. Yep. I remember Christmas plays, mm -hmm. uh, Little Town of Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. And we got to the point of Star Wonder, Star Bright, Star with Royal Beauty Bright. Yep. I remember singing that as part of the choir. Yep. Don't laugh at me because I was in the choir. Cammie <laughs> <laughs> said she always laughs at my jokes. So. <laughs> but that was, that was normal. That was normal. That was not an unusual, that was a public school. That's what people wanted. Now, how many of those people were saved? Well, obviously a lot of them weren't, you know, but at the same time, there's a recognition of the God of the Bible. Uh, and I believe that this country was founded on a recognition of God of the Bible. That doesn't mean that everybody was a perfect little Christian. By any means, it, it does not mean that. But it does mean there was a recognition. There was a respect for the God of heaven, the creator of the universe. Okay, here we go. From there on out, he transgresses to abortion, and infanticide, and euthanasia. As it usually happens on almost all counts, Christianity butts head strongly against atheism. However, there's one specific area the atheists and Christians agree on. As a result, you can turn it around and say that Christians agree with the atheists, at least on one thing. Do you remember the, uh, we taught months ago on the Wesley Quadrilateral, how you run everything through a filter of scripture, tradition, uh, reason, and experience? We're going to use that this morning and, and run some things through that. 
I was going to give you a slide on that, Brad, but I didn't do it. So you didn't ask me for it. He didn't know I was going to. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Anyway, scripture, tradition, reason, and experience. We read the word. We look at tradition, not meaning how we do a service, meaning that we look back in centuries past, those came before us and what they laid for groundwork for us. Reason, the Bible's very reasonable. Now, you may not understand some things, but if you stay and you seek God, you will. It's reasonable. And you should experience it. If you're not experiencing what the Bible says, then there's a void somewhere. So, anyway, um, today we see a division in many denominations as well as non-denominational churches. This divides and splits what we would call the church at large, the church in America. And it's happening really all over the world, just some places are uh, fortunately behind us in this. Um, the subject is mostly trans, okay, but not exclusively transgenderism. The reason I say this is mostly because there's now a new trans moving called Transable. Yeah, that's what's kind of come to the surface just recently. Transable people who are identifying as handicapped people. And some of them are going around in wheelchairs that they don't need. One lady tried to put her eyes out so she could be blind. Uh, so it's kind of like transgenderism. Some people don't do the changes in their body, and some people do all the changes in their body, and some of them do part of the changes. Well, they're kind of doing the thing, same thing. People have gone to doctors. How about if you remove my arm? Uh, because I, I want to identify as a, as a handicapped person, a challenged physical, uh, physically challenged person. Well, they qualify for mentally challenged and something a lot deeper than that, spiritually challenged. So we've got to love these people, but we've got to make sure that we're drawing a line on where we agree with loving them and where we agree with making sure that we're doing our part to turn these things around. Um, there, one interesting thing is the terminology the terminology in transgenderism. Here's 18 pages of terms. Interesting, huh? How about agender? One word. How about bigender, bicurious, asexual, aromantic, <laughs> androphilic, biphobia, biphobic, bisexual. Know that third one <laughs> for years. Um, Demi romantic. Uh, how many of you are familiar with all these I've read so far? <laughs> Don't lie. <laughs> you, you know, I, I, I jest in the silliness of a new vocabulary non binary, outing, pansexual, passing. I know what a lot of these mean, but I don't know what all of them mean by any means. Uh, oh, yeah, don't forget QPOC and uh, QTPOC. Need to be able to remember that word. Stealth, 
spiritual attraction, third gender. That's news to some of you. Um, Z and Zer, new pronouns they've made. Uh, not making this up, okay? Not making this up at all. There's one word, it's real interesting because uh, Vanessa and I were actually talking about this, uh, I believe it was two weeks ago, and then uh, Bernard came up and said, I, I, I don't know what you guys are talking about, but I want to hear. And the cisgender word came up. I did a little study on that word. That word was invented back in 1970 uh, by a psychologist. And if you look up what that word means, you'll find quite interesting if you check the history of it. Because back in... Um, I've got, I've got so many pages up here, and I only copied a few of them off. Anyway, I'll just mention it. Cisgender uh, originally was chosen to mean a normal person. Anybody, you know, binary, you're either male or female. That's what the terminology was. But then it evolved through the years as a put-down to normal people. Okay? And you can check this. I checked it, and there were eight different times that that word had been changed according to one website, starting with about uh, 2006 or seven, up through this year. And now it's a put down. If you're called a cis woman or a cis man, that means they know that you are uh, a binary, like uh, AKA normal, and that you're also automatically homophobic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not making this stuff up. It's so far out there from being anything that can pass any test <laughs> at the Wesley Quadrato. It's, it's not even close. Not even close. So what's the big deal, you might say? What, let them have whatever they want. It's not that big a deal. It isn't my worry. It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect me, meaning my family and the people I know and love. Well, I believe it's more than just a big deal. I believe that the church of Jesus Christ is fighting for its future. And I should I say survival. I know that the U.S. is fighting for its survival too as a country. All you have to do is just read any news media you want to see, and some of them are not very accurate, but they usually let it slip out every now and then. They can't help it. Well, let's go to the Wesley Colorado. What does it say about, what does Scripture say? It's a great place to start. Amen? Amen. And you atheists, just hang on, because we're getting to you. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. The Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and to take care of it. How many of y'all know that your great, 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 great granddaddy was a farmer and a gardener? Okay. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you may not eat and must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, verse 18, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all of the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. 
You imagine naming all those animals, mammals, and birds? You know, he started out, Adam did, you know, hippopotamus, rhinoceros, Trinosaurus rex. In the day, cow, pig, <laughs> dog, cat. <laughs> uh, whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and the wild animals. Bob Dylan did a song years ago about a man named all the animals. Kelly's going to sing it here in a little bit, maybe. Maybe. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. This was the first time we know about surgery. Most of you know that there are lots of scriptural references in the Old Testament about homosexuality, sexual promiscuity, um, having lots of wives or husbands or whatever, uh, and other disgusting acts that we won't even get into. I'll spare you that, okay? So I'll leave that up to you. But I wanted to go to Genesis because who knows how something is supposed to work better than the person who made it, okay? Man, woman, the two shall become one, flesh. Also, of course, the Bible talks about the man leaving his parents and cleaving to his wife. That's the one flesh relationship. There's not room for any deviation in the word of God for that. So I think what's important is that we as Christians understand the authenticity of the Bible, but we're also open to look at some other things to be able to discuss this subject if we think it's worth anything to those that we may come into contact with during the week, like these atheists that are sitting on the edge of their chair waiting to hear what I'm going to say about this one thing we agree on. Welcome to Church of Tomorrow. Anytime that we avoided the original created order, we act out in non-compliance with that order, and in so doing, we vo avoid the, or actually void, the divine plan that God made for creation. If we avoid what God planned, we void a divine plan for our lives to live this earth. I've been told by people, well, Jesus never said anything about homosexuality or transgenderism or blah, 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 blah. So we'll go to Matthew 19, verse 3. Some Pharisees came to him to test him. They thought they had, had him on this one. They asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Verse 4. Jesus came back and he said, haven't you read that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, 
For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Jesus compacted many, many answers, or I should say one answer to many, many questions. He compacted it into a few sentences because this is a divine order for relationships at the top level, so to speak, on this earth. It's a man and a woman, one man, one woman, one woman, one man, one man, one woman, one woman, one man. Now, that does not discount anybody that is single for whatever reason. Maybe you've never been married. Maybe uh, your spouse has passed on or maybe there's a divorce or whatever else. That's okay. You know, that just, because there's people like that. Jesus made it that way. Paul made it that way. So I think we're in pretty good hands on that. Okay. But the point is Jesus confirmed creation Mm -hmm. and the order that it was established and what the result would be. This takes everything Everything, not just sex, but everything out of the divine order that we've placed in there that's not divine. When I say we, I mean society. So it's important that we understand from a biblical perspective, this is God's plan. It's nothing else. There's nothing to add to it. Sexual immorality covers many things, many things. And we, as his children should be the ones who exemplify that in our lives. Anything outside of the marriage bed, I could have read that out of Hebrews. Everything in the marriage bed is sanctified. Everything outside of the marriage bed, it doesn't say this, but okay. It's like, this is okay. Everything else isn't. If it's not included, it's not. That includes everything. It includes the sexual immorality of pornography, and all the junk that you can think of and don't want to think of. Today, we have a void of the creation plan of God. God himself designed it, and we have a void of that where people are not recognizing that, and now we're reaping some of the results of that. And I believe personally, if you can destroy creation you can destroy, if you speak in a figurative sense, you can destroy the creator. In other words, if you don't recognize creation from the true creator, then you don't recognize God. And in essence, you're saying, no, God, you made a mistake. I want to live with blah, 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 lifestyle. And God says, no. This is the way it's planned it, and if you don't obey it, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have instances in your life that don't agree with creation. As a result, you're kicking against the thorns, kind of like what Paul was doing before he was saved. This is this is vital. Think about, there's one thing that establishes and promotes a society. This one thing is absolutely necessary. 
before anything else can happen. It's called reproduction. And it only comes for one man and one woman. Well, I understand there's all kinds of deviations from that, but that's the whole plan of God. It takes a man and a woman. For you scientists, it takes sperm and an egg, okay? I said it. Some of you are a little nervous because you didn't get sexual education in school. <laughs> but seriously, people are negating are attempting to negate what the Bible says, what creation says. There's schools, and I'm going to cover some things on schools in a few minutes. Schools, politicians, academics, they all want to espouse their own intellectual and needful things. And in essence, what are they doing? They're negating the recognition of the Creator. And when we drop the significance of God, which was what we've done through the years, here a little, there a little, uh-huh, take a prayer out of school, take the babies out of the womb, you name it, here a little, there a little, and that stuff. So what is important is that we understand from the biblical perspective, and I'll get to the other three in a minute, we understand from the biblical perspective that this denouncing of the Creator is causing issues in our country and our churches. Again, churches are being split over this one issue like we've never been split before. We talked on progressive Christianity just recently. It's not Christianity at all, it's a new cult. And if you didn't get to listen to that or you want to listen to it again, it's available, praise God. Part two, the tradition. What about tradition in the, in the church? What have previous generations, previous centuries of Christianity for the last 2,000 years, what have they said about this? Well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out and to read church history to know that the church has never accepted any of these issues in 2,000 years. I'm talking about the true church. Whether it be transgenderism, homosexuality, bisexual, uh, gender fluid, I mean, you name it. It's not accepted. That's not because we're a bunch of bigots or a bunch of anti-phobes or whatever you want to call it's because we care about those people and we know by the authority of Scripture and now we know by the authority of church history that those things have a consequence. The wages of sin is death. I'm not trying to be mean to anybody. I'm just telling you the truth. You go out and get drunk, you're going to have a hangover. Hopefully you don't kill somebody yourself driving a car home. If you steal money, you get thrown behind bars. Well, at least you used to. If, if you assault somebody, there's a price to pay. They'll come back and assault you next week in a heavier deal. There, all this is crazy. It's insanity. And we try to look the other way so much of the time. We try to say, well, that's just somebody that's, you know, that person's, you know, that, that. No, the truth of it is, this is true. This is true. And we pay the penalty. And those of us that have children we pass that on to them because of environment and because of inequities. And so each generation has a less chance to coming back. 
until God pours out of his spirit and flips things upside down of itself. Upside down, is that right? Downside up. Look at those outside of the church. How many people do you know that live outside of the church and godly principles have stuff in their life? There's no bones about it. You can find exceptions, but it's never been normal in church history for these things to happen. In fact, no civilization, whenever it goes over the line, continues to exist more than for a short period of time. And I'll be speaking about that in months to come. But basically, every empire that's ever been on this earth, you go back to you know, Egyptian, you go back to Greco-Roman, um, Medo-Persia, any of them, after they start accepting homosexuality and some other things, they go in the tube. Every civilization that has practiced atrocious, promiscuous sexual activities has paid the price. Point three, reason. Okay, atheist, it's time for us to agree. Plus sexual reassignment surgery brings all kinds of new meaning to slicing and dicing. Why? Well, first of all, it doesn't work. Think, think. This is where our agreement is with atheists. Atheists believe in science. They believe that you've got to be able to smell it, touch it, feel it, see it, hear it. They believe in what they can see and what science says. And science says there's two genders. One of the world's foremost atheists, Christopher Hitchings, has declared there are only two genders. Thought I'd never agree with anything the guy said. You do respect him because he has some reasons for what he believes, although many of them are false or not full. But he is known as a scholar. He is known as somebody that does a lot of debating with Christians and other people. But the truth of the matter is, we need to look at this, science... True science says it's impossible to change your gender. DNA is revealed in every cell in your body. You can cut off a little piece of your body, your flesh, scrape it off on something, and they will go out and they can check that DNA. Your saliva you know, you drink it from a bottle. You've seen it on TV probably. Oh, got him to drink something. Take that can. Y'all ever seen that on TV? Okay. I watch some police shows. Uh, hormone production. Oh, we're going to change that. Well, you really can't change it. You can affect it. Okay. You know, chemical castration is what they're doing to many children now. Plus, there's all sorts of physiological differences between male and female people. Lots of things go into the respiratory system, go into the uh, circulatory system. They're different. 
For those of you who need a little more, let me give you an example of a society that has ever, ever been established and sustained without two people of a different gender helping to build that. Up, oh, can't do it. You need to give it to me, I guess. Okay, point four in the Wesley quadrilateral. Experience, that's what it is. I've mentioned a couple of these before, but I'm going to, for accuracy's sake, I need, I need to say it again. Some of the saddest stories I've seen are about people in the last few years that have tried to change their gender. They're getting children and putting them on sexual castration, puberty blockers, so they never go through puberty. Children, young children, 9, 10, 11 years old. And then they encourage them to start having sexual reassignment surgery, 14 to 16. Jazz Jennings is the name of a boy who his mother would say he called himself a girl when he was three. And by four, we all had to realize that he's actually inside a girl. I saw this kid in some videos with YouTube over the last six, seven, eight years. He's had a, uh, a television program over it. He wrote a book to children. All of this program on TV has been really good, positive. Tells me about the wonderful things. But now the truth is coming out. He's 23. And he says, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't understand me. And his mother's trying to encourage him back along those lines. Oh, that it'll be okay, you know, get through this, da 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 da. The kid is messed up. He's he hasn't gone through puberty as a normal child would. Anybody ever get changed going through puberty? Yeah. <laughs> the the tomboys turn into feminine ladies. Ta da! <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, things happen. I don't talk like this anymore. Yeah. You know, things happen. It's a normal thing that God planned. And children have developmental stages in their lives that puberty takes them through, starts them, and then it continues for a number of years. Things like autonomy, things like morality, things like intimacy, things that they have to work through as they grow and develop. That's the reason God just didn't say, okay, you're a little kid, now you're a man, now you're a woman. No, it takes time to work through these. It takes a brain that can grow and develop and able to handle and think. The prefrontal cortex is in, very necessary to be able to reason. And it also is the brakes that keep you from doing certain things. And that's not fully developed until 25, they say. It, it, this is the saddest thing. At least a child, and I'll say this, and you understand where I am on abortion. At least an aborted child goes right to heaven. These transgender children may never be able to have that opportunity because their lives are like that. 
If somebody needs help, we want to make sure they get help if they want it. State of California several years ago said, you know, if you try to, if a psychiatrist or psychologist tries to advertise about helping somebody get back to their original sex, they'll fine them. Eventually, it could land up in jail. There, there's so many things that have crept into this that are coming out of this. Right now, and I know there's more states in this, but if you live in Oregon or Washington State or Minnesota, those governors of those three states, and like I say, I know there's more, but those three I can tell you emphatically, have welcomed minors from other states which outlaw these procedures. They have welcomed them to come to their state so that they may have it. They can have chemical castration. They can have sexual reassignment. They can have these things. This, this Jazz Jennings person went through three or four different surgeries. And I don't even want to talk about the result of even after the last one, some of the things that they have to do to prepare their other sexual organs to work properly which they don't, they're not gonna be working properly because they, they weren't made to work the way that you're trying to work them. I mean, some of this stuff's pretty thick, you start walking through it, I promise you. You do all the research you wanna do, but you'd be better, better prepared to have a bucket down there, you throw up in it. Um, there's another boy named Patrick. And just briefly on Patrick, I remember at, at 12, one, one story said 13, he forced his mom basically by saying, I'm going to run away or kill myself, mother, if I don't get puberty blockers. So she's, she was taking estrogen, broke the law of Australia where they were living at the time, and started giving him her estrogen. Fast forward a year to two years later, he's got breast, and he decides that he wants to be a guy again. Now they have to deal with not just man boobs, but boob boobs. How, how sweet and innocent can I say this? It, it's, uh, it, it's despicable. And there's many others. There's one guy that looks like he's as old as I am that did this decades ago. There are others who have gone through this procedure and one out there's one uh, one person that is suing the people who gave her him whatever surgery a few years ago because she was lied to oh by the way if you want that surgery you can spend tens of thousands of dollars to get it it's pretty lucrative Okay, uh, New Jersey. Understanding our bodies. This is something that has to be given in public schools before a child finishes the second grade. This lesson does, however, acknowledge that there are some body parts that mostly just girls have and some parts that mostly just boys have. Being a boy or a girl doesn't have to mean you have those parts, but for most people, this is how their bodies are. 
your body is exactly what is right for you. And of course, they're saying that not meaning what you and I mean. Okay. I, I, I skipped a few lines here just to let you, I know you don't have a bucket by you, so. First and second grade, got to have it. You know, there's, there's things that they do in these classes. They mix it with other stuff that's needful, like bullying, for instance. That's a class. And then they take understanding our bodies as a class. And then they get all kinds of graphics. And then they have a child called to the front that says the correct anatomical names of the particular parts of the body. They don't even do that for sight or for hearing or for your heart or for your breathing or anything like that. They just do it on sexual stuff for these kids. Now that proves right there and there it's a bunch of bull corn. Why isn't this obvious? Why cannot people see this? Well, I just want to make sure they get what they need. They need to be corrected. They need to be loved and help along the right path. And we as Christians don't need to keep our mouths shut every time this situation we have an opportunity to share something. Because most people, including I'm sure a lot of you from hearing this, you don't have any idea about this stuff. And I'm not blaming you for anything. It's the reason I'm saying something about it. So you'll know I have a responsibility to do that. This is total, wacko, crazy, insane. Uh, fifth grade, got to have this in the third, fourth, and fifth grade, New Jersey. Uh, probably for time, I'll just, if you want to take a look at it, you can take a look at it. But it gets into even heavier sexual uh, stuff. And then they, if that's not enough, there's uh, a video that you can go check on about any subject you ever could dream of about sex, and they give you the web address of that. That's how this is. There are things, there was something I just found out that I never heard about. I'm just going to say it. I didn't know they made condoms for oral sex. I had no idea. Yeah. I know this can get out of thick. But folks, it has to be said so you, we understand. The Bible says, do not be ignorant of his devices. This is a spiritual war. It's trying to destroy our church and our country from within. And it's going to the very lowest levels. Going down to small children to try to tell them they are not right unless they follow what they feel like. Nothing to do with objective truth that doesn't change. The, the fact that there's binary genders, two genders, that doesn't change. And you can do all the plastic swapping and clapping and cutting and dicing and reestablishing and doing all those things. And it ain't going to change the functionality of it. It's not going to change the person. If you cut my arm off and put it right here, I mean, it's not going to be any good anymore. And we start getting into all these things where we are God, 
And we can proclaim that I, it's whatever my body. God, you made a mistake. Remember the old uh, posters that used to say, God don't make junk? That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what they're saying, yeah. that he made junk. And these people, they're saying they're mentally ill. Well, I believe that they do have mental issues, but they don't need encouragement for adults, number one. And number two, these mental issues turn into something much stronger than that. It's called demonic oppression and even possibly possession. Thinking outside the gender box. Oh, man, I just, there's just all this kind of stuff. Well, here is the line that I was talking about a little bit earlier. And it's the, the final reason. And that is, we agree with you, Mr. and Ms. Atheist, who say there's only two genders. What are they teaching in schools today? I've just given you a slight example. There's tons more. What laws are being enforced to force a lie on people? Now, Oklahoma is pretty conservative. And we're better off than most states are by far. But there's still a lot of pressure from the NEA and other organizations to bring the stuff and push it in the schools. And there's a new law that we just passed here in Oklahoma that forces some disclosures on that kind of stuff because there's already laws against it. But the thing that bothers me, and this is where the line has to be drawn, bought, is children. If somebody is 21 years of age and they want to slice and dice their body, then I guess you go for it. It's wrong. It's detrimental to your health. It's never, you'll never achieve your potential. But when they're kids, minors, we, we, we can't allow that. I don't care who it is, what it is. We can't allow it. it it's taken the life productivity out of that child. And in 99.9999% of the cases, there's no proof that this is a good, wonderful thing. While some states have passed laws denying the right to minors for chemically castration or slice and dice their body parts, there are other states that have not only passed laws to make it legal, but support minors from other states coming into their places to get those drugs and procedures. Again, Oregon, Washington, Minnesota for sure. The White House has endorsed it. Our president has endorsed it. He said, this is something good. And through the rest of his mumble jumbling, he endorsed transgenderism for children, for children. The Pentagon, our Defense Department, I don't know if I mentioned this or not before I say that. I don't know if I mentioned this, but I saw recently a video um, production tape they use in Red China to be able to promote people and attract them to uh, join the military. It's a fantastic video talks about real men, real women, and this and that, and blowing stuff up. And I mean, it's, it's good. Russia, there was the next one they showed. And it was really good. 
It would, it, for the people that want that kind of stuff and want to join the military and want to do things, see the world and everything, it's good. Then they showed the one from the U.S. right now. And all it talked about was inclusion and wokeism and all the things that we be sweet and fluffy duffy. It's sick. It's like, it's like two kids out there and the first one goes, I'm going to beat you up, boy. And then one goes, oh, that's not good. You need to not be that way. Please don't do that today. Please don't hurt me. I'll, I'll be nice. What happens? <laughs> now the bully may walk away because he's going, oh my gosh, I don't anybody know I even did this. But many times he doesn't. And China's a bully and so is Russia. We know that. They showed the fourth video which was a U.S. military promotion five years ago. Man, it was right on. It was strong. It was powerful. I wanted to be America, stand up and shout hallelujah <laughs> because I believe in a good, strong military. I believe in that people have a calling to do that just like they do the ministry or any other job. I believe that it's great for America that we have men and women that are ready to go and pay the price if they have to to be able to keep the rest of us safe. The blood of Jesus saved me. The blood of the military people keeps me safe. And I believe if we deny that, then we're just going to be, we're going to be eaten up from the inside out. We're losing it. And we've got to draw the line that we're going to invest in children, not just financially. There's too many programs that just throws money at people. Now, we need to invest in children. We need to be tutors, and we need to be mentors, and we need to be people in our own families first who take care of people, who encourage kids, who give them an opportunity. I ask my grandkids now that are teenagers, yeah, what are you going to do when you grow up? Well, I'm not sure. I said, that's okay right now. But what are you thinking about? What are you looking at? Are you looking at anything that you might be interested in? Questioning them establishing and reaffirming their masculinity, their femininity. Encourage them. We want them to be all they can be. That's a slug for the army. Sorry about that. <laughs> Only the few for the Marine Corps. Okay, Terry's back there. I know he liked to swim. And I know there's quite a few air flu, air, air flu, <laughs> air force people in here that like to fly. <laughs> oh, praise God. I'm laughing at my old jokes now, Cammie. <laughs> uh, but I praise God for people that do that. And some people are fire, fighter pilots and some people are uh, desk jockeys and Whatever. You're doing a part, just like you're doing a part in this church. It's an important part. I don't care if it's clicking light switches or moving tables or whatever it is, it's important. The rest of us wouldn't be able to enjoy it. We've got to stop this at the level of children. And we've got to be able to encourage them. I didn't get to what I was going to say about the Pentagon. There's pressure right now in the Pentagon 
that any child of a military person who wants puberty blockers, sexual reaffirmance surgery, from seven years old and up should get it fully paid for by the government. To be honest, I can't believe it. I can't believe the emasculating of children. This is supposed to be the shining light. This country, this church. And when I say this church, I mean the church in America. I know tomorrow's got their heads on. And I praise God for that. But we can do more individually. We can share we can go back to school like one particular lady on the second row has and infiltrate them. <laughs> Bring the turds and hearts that goes back in. I don't know what God's called you to do, but he's called you to do something. Yeah. And this is imperative that we have it because my grandkids and my two little great-grandchildren will be affected by the society we live in. So I want to do something for them. Precious little Aaliyah's three years old. She's the sweetest little girl. She's so peaceful. I've heard her cry once, and that's when she hurt herself. She's just like Miss Peace and Quiet. I can't imagine somebody doing something to her, trying, and I'm talking about mentally as well as physically. Oh, great-granddad bear would come out. I'm not wearing a shirt sometimes that says the greatest granddad in America, so. <laughs> and I didn't buy it for myself. And little Isaiah, I want to see him grow up, nurture admonition of the Lord, and prophesy like Isaiah that we've read about in the Bible. I have a dream, and it's to see children accepted for who they are in reality. The reality of it is, is, yes, God made you, and he made you a boy or a girl. He made you with gifts and abilities. Let's talk about how we can enrich those gifts and abilities, how we can help bend you in life to be successful, how we can introduce you to the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, how we can bring to you truth, that will give you plenty to stand on in the time of trouble, in the storms of life, that you won't be moved all around and you won't be changing from this to that and that to this every day or every other day. We've got a group of children in this community, Oklahoma City-wide, that deserve an opportunity to grow up in a God-like, God-fearing world so that they can be everything whom the Lord has meant them to be. And this starts with us individually and as a church drawing a line and saying no to children being messed with, no to the horrendous teachings in public schools that's trying to promote all these idiotic things and all of a sudden you have, instead of 0.1% of the people wanting to be transgender America, you've got in these middle schools and stuff, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30% of children that think they are transgendering or at least saying they're non-binary, which means I ain't nothing yet. That's so idiotic. 
We need to help single parent moms and dads. We need to help our neighbors. We need to help people to be what we're supposed to be so we can shine light. We can spread the salt. We can have an establishment behind the scenes. You'll, you may never get praise this side of eternity, but who cares about that? We happen to serve the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the one and only God, the Creator, the first, the last, the Alpha, the Omega. He's coming back, and our horse is going to have a banner on it. says, faithful and true. The scripture, Dick, blessed in blood, the blood of the Lamb of God. We're going to take, as you know, we didn't take time for prayer. We're going to take time of prayer. Pastor Kelly will be leading us on that. Then we're going to have a final song in dismissal. Right now, I believe what the Lord's calling us to do is the same thing that it says in the scripture. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, we need to repent for others. If there's anything in your heart, you better repent of that too. But we need to repent for this city, this community, this state, this country, for the church of Jesus Christ. We need to ask God to forgive and to move on and to change hearts and lives, to open the eyes of our understanding that we will see him in everything that we do, that we can share truth and reality and stand in the gap for these six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, 10, 11, 12, and on up the line, children who are being mutilated daily, who are being lied to, who are being encouraged to be something that they've never been intended to, to be by their creator. Pastor Kelly. Hallelujah. Let's, let's take a few moments, ladies and gentlemen, and, and let us uh, stand in the gap, as it were. Let us pray. Let us intercede. Everyone say intercede. Intercede means to stand in the gap. God's word tells us that we can stand in the place and help bridge the gap by praying. That spiritual connection that can happen, and it happens with the children of God who know their God, who know their creator, and those who have yet to know or who don't have a full understanding. And we are in a place, ladies and gentlemen, in this nation, in your own neighborhood, where there are those who don't know their creator. They don't know the fullness of what it means to walk how he has created us. And now we have an enemy who has always been the enemy, but he's making himself more completely known. And we need to, as children of the Most High God, to take that moment over and over again, not just once and do the Nike commercial and say, well, been there, done that. But it is a, a continuous prayer that goes forth. It is an intercession. It is a travail, a gut-wrenching moment when you realize what's on God's heart about this. And we join with him in that moment to pray it out. I believe this is a word from God. We need to go to Gethsemane. We need to drink the cup. We don't need to deny we need to drink the cup. 
We need to accept the responsibility that God's placed on us. Intercession, supplication, emphatically important. And what we say and do has, yeah. do, say and do all you can, yeah. but drink the cup mm -hmm. just like Jesus drank it in Gethsemane. He had to prepare for what the mission was. Thank you. Yes, hallelujah. So let's take this time. And we're not just doing it spiritually like Pastor Dan said. It is also a, a physical step that we take. We begin to affect the community with what we know to be true and right and be led by the Spirit of God, hallelujah, to make an impact. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's take those moments right now, hallelujah, to do that. Hallelujah. Father, we come boldly to the throne room. Your word says that we can come with confidence to the throne room of God. And there we will find, hallelujah, the grace and the mercy to help in the time of need. Father, we come to you and there is a need in the world today, even in the church, Father, where there is, Father, an attack as never before upon the very essence of what a human is and why we're called to be here on this earth. Father, we call out to you, first off, hallelujah, to come to you and repent, Father, for those who think it's perfectly fine to do all the things that we've heard about and all the things we didn't hear about. Father, all the things that are taking place, we bow in repentance and humility. We say, Father, forgive us. Forgive us, the church, for allowing these things to continue on and not giving voice to your word and stand upon the truth, hallelujah, that your word declares. Father, we thank you right now that you hear us and that you forgive your people. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you as a result, Lord, that we, Lord, as your church, we will rise up in the spirit to pray for and to stand in the gap, travail and groan in our hearts with you regarding the travesties that take place. The things that we are told that we have to believe but are not true to your word. And then to be able, Father, to allow children to enter into these mandates without a choice in the matter, Father, is not biblical. They haven't even formed their processes of thinking to comprehend and be able to know. Father, what an outrageous, egregious, diabolical and demonic Entrance has taken place into our nation. And so, Father, we ask, Father, we speak and declare what is in line with your word. Hallelujah, that, that there is a male and there is female from the beginning. And we declare that to resonate, Father, through this community, through this state, Father, through this nation once again, Father. In the name of Jesus. The Father, it is those two genders that are eternally established according to your word. 
And Father, when we see that mandate broken or challenged, that Father, we would have the, the guts, Father God, to stand up and to challenge those things. Hallelujah. And not to be afraid of what people will think. Father, I thank you that you've established us for such a time as this. To rise up, church. To rise up to be who he's called us to be. We can take a stand and verbally and spiritually and practically walk out what you have called us to in this hour. We pray for all the boys and the girls, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, cover them. Cover them in the precious blood of Jesus. Father God, cover them, Father. Bring them close to yourself, Father. Hinder not the children to come unto me, you said. Father, we cover them with your word in prayer. Hallelujah. That you, O oh Lord, will establish your kingdom over them, in them, through them, Father. The Father, when these diabolical words are brought to their attention, they will automatically know that it is not of you. That it's not in line with the way they were created. And they can be given your power and your authority and your dominion to recant those things and to push against those things knowing that their God is in their midst and will give them the unction and give them the ability and the power, hallelujah, to refute those things. And Father, for the parents and the adults who surround them, Father, Father, I pray that they would rise up in this hour and be able Hallelujah, to proclaim the greatness of God, the word of God, the power of God. And they will walk in the authority of God in this hour. To be able to bring the protective hand over those children that they need in this hour. That they, O oh Lord, would be raised in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. So that when they grow up, they will not depart from these truths. Father, may we value human life again. May we value human life again. In all of its truth, in all of its, its integrity, and in all of its uh, originality, Father. May we value life. May we value life like you see it. Father, may we value you. May we place our worth in you, Father. May we see worth in you yet again. We repent in dust and ashes as it were, Father. Place within us that garden of Gethsemane experience when we partake of the cup. The cup of suffering. I am willing to stand in the face of adversity. I'm willing to lay down my life and my 
what I think is so important and what I value as, as a luxury. Father, that we would lay those things down and say, this is more important than anything else that my God is doing. Father, we thank you. We bless you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. I, I want to ask those, the young ones here, okay, and their mamas and daddies and so forth, hallelujah, let us stand. Uh, those few, all you young ones right there. Hallelujah. And those who, who you, if you have the ability and you, and you are, are led by the Spirit, go to those young ones. Pray and gather around them. They need the protection of the Lord through parent, parents and adults who know the things of God. And not just these that are here physically. But think of all the children and young ones that they represent. All the ones that are not here. We're standing in the gap at this time. Believing right now in Jesus' name. For them to be raised up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. For them to be covered in the blood of Jesus. For the truth to be spoken for what it is. For the people of God to rise up in this hour. Hallelujah. To bring forth and to challenge the forces of evil that have pushed against this generation. Hallelujah. And to see victory come forth where you, O oh Lord, are proclaimed in this young generation. And that the things that the enemy has attempted to do will fall hopelessly and completely at the feet. Hallelujah. Jesus. We proclaim this generation for the kingdom of God. And no other kingdom shall they serve. They will serve the, the king of the universe, Jesus Christ, him crucified, risen, and coming again. We shall see this, this uh, generation rise up. That no matter what the enemy has thrown against them, they will see through all of the junk that is thrown their way. And they will search for until they find the truth of the living God. And they, Father God, will then rise up. But Father, the people that surround them, hallelujah, we, your people, we surround them. We get involved with what they're doing. And we see ha, a transition and a move, hallelujah, into the perfect, pure, undefiled word of God and how it's changing their lives. And we're willing to stand in that place, hallelujah, releasing and decreeing the pure and undefiled word. And may it come alive to them. May it be rhema to them. Hallelujah. For they are our future. They are our future. So we thank you and praise you, Father, for them. And we stand in the place Hallelujah, of intercession, calling out their names, if be names, hallelujah, day and night, hallelujah. 
making you aware, Father. Not that you're not aware of it. You are fully aware. But are we fully aware? Hallelujah. So we declare and call out to you day and night if need be, Father. Hallelujah. Until we see the manifestation of your kingdom on this earth as it already is in heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Now, as we begin to finish off today, hallelujah, we're going to sing one more song. Hallelujah. And so if you'll quietly go back to your places and we're going to release one more song. And I want us to enter into worship. Hallelujah. Understanding what we have just finished praying. And taking this as we worship. Hallelujah. And as we are worshiping, we're also interceding for these. Hallelujah. For a whole generation. We're standing in the gap right now. So worship with that understanding. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's stand this morning. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Let's honor the Lord in every way that we possibly can. Through our voice. Through our posture. Hallelujah. Through our hearts. Amen.